Hello, and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'll be talking about Act Your Age, Eve Brown by Talia Hibbert, which is the third and sadly final book in the Brown Sisters series, which is basically a romance series about these three sisters and they each find love. I don't know. So this book follows Eve Brown, who is the youngest of the three Brown sisters, as her family tells her that they are going to cut her off until she can get a job for a year. Her family's insanely rich, so no worries. And so she goes and runs away by driving and ends up interviewing at this B&B and getting a job as the chef there. So that's what this book is about. If you um, want to know about these other books, I did an episode on Take a Hint, Danny Brown back in November. That was the episode where I attempted to do a short plot summary and managed to average around 10 minutes. I'm also going to attempt to do a short plot summary today. And part of that is because when I was editing the plot summary for The Lost Apothecary, I was like, Emma, this is so long. And I just didn't enjoy editing that long of a plot summary. And the other part is that I read this book and finished it on Sunday and it is now Saturday. So almost an entire week ago, this week has been pretty busy. So I haven't had a chance to sit down and record until now. And so um, it just isn't as fresh in my mind as as the books usually are when I do the plot summary. So it'll be a bit shorter. Um, I do want to say that the author has an author's note at the beginning just talking about that uh, one of the characters are in the book has autism and had a poor childhood because of that, but everything turns out good in the end, but the author provides that trigger warning, so I also want to provide that here. I don't know how deeply into the scars of childhood I will delve in the plot summary or in general. I might talk about it, but if that's something that could potentially be triggering to you, then that is your trigger warning right here. And as always, I must issue my disclaimer. I don't know. I have to say that if you don't want this book to be spoiled, then stop here, go read Actor A.G. Brown, and then come back and listen to this episode. I would 100% recommend this book with the caveat that I think you should read the books in order. However, you don't have to. It's a romance companion novel series, you know, so technically you can read each book out of order, but I just think that because I read the books in order that this book was just so much more fun than if it had been the first one I read. I'm going to talk about that in the discussion section later on. That's one of the main points I want to talk about, but so I think I'm going to start the plot summary. So before that, remember, if you want to know about the middle sister Danny Brown story, then go listen to that episode. She uh, fake dates one of her friends And then there are also some friends with benefit action going on. And then the first book is kind of an enemies to lovers sort of thing with um, Chloe Brown and her superintendent or whatever at her apartment complex. And he helps her complete a list of things so she can get a life. So that's get a life, Chloe Brown. I really enjoyed both of those books. And I just wanted to provide kind of what that's about right here. Would totally recommend this entire series. It's one of the best I've read in a long time. And this book really was just such a joy to read. So without further ado, let's get into the plot summary. So I've already said basically what happens in the beginning. So Eve Brown is somebody who um, has had a bunch of jobs but never really stuck with any of them. And she's now 26 and her parents are kind of sick of it. She's gone to like theater school, law school. She just recently did like this whole wedding for her friend and then she let the doves 
go. And then there was this whole thing, whatever. Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, give me a second. I'm going to pause it so I can write this down. Okay, so anyways, her parents are basically like, we need you to hold a job for a year and then we'll reinstate your trust fund. So she gets super upset about the whole thing and drives away and drives like, I don't know, a couple hours and ends up at this B&B and she sees a sign that they're interviewing for a chef position. She's like, I went to, I did some baking cooking classes back in the day. Uh, let me go interview. And so she walks in. And so the B&B owner is, na- oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Okay, give me another second. Okay, so the B&B owner's name is Jacob Wayne and he has this B&B and he's the character who has autism. So his chef has recently left to take a job somewhere else He's trying to fill this position and he needs to fill it ASAP because he has been um, chosen to participate in this gingerbread festival thing and have a breakfast for dinner food booth. And he is a horrible cook. So he needs somebody to come in so they can cook for the B&B guests and also cook for this like big uh, festival thing, which is super important because it can help him like have future bookings and whatever. So he's doing the interview with his friend Mont whose last name is Montrose and goes by Mont, whatever. And they are having a hard time. Nobody's looking good at all. So Eve shows up and they're like, she doesn't have her resume. She didn't schedule it. She just walks in. She's wearing a t-shirt with some saying on it. That's something like bored now or like something like that. She only wears t-shirts with sayings on them and she's wearing bright orange lipstick. So she walks in and she's like doing this interview and Jacob Like, there's good things about her, but he hates that she, like, hasn't prepared at all. So, he basically runs her off and is like, no, whatever. Mont is like, this girl's perfect. Let's go after her and find her. So, Eve gets in her car and she's driving away. Jacob runs after her and Eve accidentally um, backs into him and runs him over with her car. So, Mont has to take Jacob to the emergency room and they tell her that the reason they were coming after was so that she could get, like, a trial, like, cooking Thing or something like that. So they're like, watch the B&B while we're gone. While they're gone, Eve gets a call from one of her friends. And you find out that like she has a lot of friends, but none of them, it seems, really like her. She's not really in any of these friend groups. And they just call her up when they need something and then allow her to tag along. So basically her friend is like, my brother's 21st birthday is coming up. I want to give you this event planning job and it's going to take you six months. Rich people, right? Who needs six months to plan a 21st birthday party like that? So Eve accepts and she's like just waiting at the B&B. Jacob's got a broken arm and a concussion. So basically he goes to bed when they get back and Mont is like, I need you to stay and like we're giving you the job or whatever without really talking to Jacob. So Eve reads all of Jacob's like different manuals that Mont gives him, gives her. And then the next morning she's like up and making breakfast and like having a good time and doing a good job. Jacob shows up and he's like, what the heck? what are you doing here? But he's like, fine, I guess I'll give you this trial because there's nothing that he can do about it really. So they kind of have like this enemies thing, but like one booktuber I like to watch, Noelle, she says that it's more of like an annoyance thing because it like is resolved so quickly. Like, are they really enemies? I mean, she did run him over with the car, but they both find each other quite attractive. Shocker, I know. So they're having some conversations, blah, blah, blah. Jacob, but ends up realizing Eve is like talented, but Eve's also like too afraid to try anything because she's afraid to fail. She doesn't tell Jacob that she's planning on leaving at the end of the month to start this event planning job, but at the time she's like, whatever, it's just like so to help him out, blah, blah, blah. Um, They end up becoming friends. 
I don't know how that happens. There's like a scene where Eve's like out by this lake singing and Jacob like wakes up in the middle of the night, like finds her out there. And then she falls in and he gets her out and they have like a bit of a moment, but nothing happens. And then the next day, Eve ends up being like, so by the way, I actually have been living in your spare room because he has like his own like residence part, like at the top of the B&B. He's like, fine, I guess you can stay here. Then they're like, let's be friends because they have decided to put this annoyance enemies thing behind them. So Eve like plans this whole like event for them to become friends where they hang out in her room and she's made like a pillow for on her like little pull out couch bed and has all these snacks and whatever. So, you know, they're like becoming friends or whatever. And like there's some like touching conversations. And Jacob also like implies that he thinks Eve might also be autistic. And then... Jacob finds um, a purple sparkly dildo, not something I'd ever think I'd say on this podcast. He finds that in the um, underneath his cushion and then he may or may not use that on Eve. And by may or may not, I mean he does. And they also kiss a little bit and whatever. And so, ooh. And then we find out that um, Jacob only does sexual things with people he's like pretty much in love with, like that he can see sticking around and whatever. Eve at this point is also like hardcore having the feels for Jacob, but there there's a little awkward right after that. And Jacob says something about her maybe like moving out instead of living there. So they're like, okay, I guess maybe we'll do that. So they're like looking to see if she could stay at his aunt's place or something like that. Because, you know, I said this like trigger warning backstory is that his parents were like world travelers. And when he was 10, they just dropped him off at his aunt's and then left and never came back. So then after that, his aunt kind of raised him. But then they go in the closet and Eve is like, no, I don't want to move out. I want to be your friend. Like, we just won't do anything like romantic or sexual again. And he's like, okay, that's fine. So then they go back and um, what else happens? Then Jacob sets up like a time for her to go out with Mont's two twin sisters who I know that the next series that Talia Hibbert is writing takes place in this town, which is called Skybriar that... um this book took place in so I feel like maybe the next series will be about Ma and his two sisters whose names I forget but one of them is a YouTuber like DIY like home improvement person and then the other one is a mechanic or a personal trainer or something like that I can't remember I want to say I think she's a mechanic so Eve goes out with them and she's like having so much fun and she knew that Jacob put it together for her so that she can make friends because he's she's told him how she doesn't really have any friends like blah 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 and then while she's there she decides she's not going to drink anything because she's going to go back home and sleep with Jacob and like reveal her feelings so she goes back home and they end up doing the deed on his desk like really some inventive places and Jacob is like this means something like I want to be with you. And Eve is like, yes, me too. At this point, Eve has decided like she loves the B&B job. She loves feeling helpful. She loves having conversations and making food for these people that come to the B&B and making them feel like it's home. And she also loves Jacob. Shocker. So she's decided she's not going to take this event planning job. She's going to stay. But she had sent a cryptic message to her sisters, uh, Danny and Chloe, earlier that night that was just kind of weird and then didn't respond to her text. So the next morning, her family shows up and they basically accuse Jacob of having some sort of sex cult. 
and like all this other stuff and then her parents reveal like it's her entire family her sisters uh chloe's boyfriend slash fiance slash husband it's kind of unclear who red is at this point red is there her parents are there her grandma Gigi and her grandma's girlfriend slash fiance shivani they're all there and they basically reveal that she's leaving at the end of the month for this event planning job which jacob doesn't know and we know she's not going to do anymore but he doesn't so basically her parents pack all her stuff up and leave because then eve tries to say something to jacob but jacob's not having any of it because you know he's got abandonment issues and so then they both go their separate ways and they're both super depressed and sad and they both are like we did something wrong jacob by like telling her like goodbye i don't care about you anymore like leave i never want to see you again blah 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 and eve by you know like lying by omission about her plans and such so they both drive to go back to where the other person is and they end up meeting on the highway and they both get out of their cars and they run and they make up and they kiss and it's beautiful and then um you see the epilogue is a year later at this second gingerbread like festival thing instead of like the first one and eve is still working there and jacob gives her a promotion to be like co-managers with him and you think maybe he's gonna propose but he actually doesn't and it's like super funny and cute so that's the plot summary i actually did oh my god i thought i did so good on that let me know what you think if you liked the shorter version that i did it's probably about 10 minutes which is only five minutes shorter than usual but whatever obviously i didn't cover every single thing that happened but i think it's a lot easier with a romance book especially with this series in particular to kind of gloss over some stuff and just hit on the major points so with all of that being said let's get into the discussion section the most fun part of this episode and i don't know where do i want to start i feel like always i like to start at the end so let's just like get this out of the way i really enjoyed that they both like went to each other and they were both going to apologize because they were both in the wrong and i feel like typically in a romance book in particular because it's like part of the genre is that typically in a romance like there's some sort of misunderstanding blah 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 that breaks them up at the end and then there's like the big grand gesture and they get back together which is why I particularly like romantic suspense novels which I don't think I've never done an episode on one of them on this podcast if you'd be interested in hearing about a romantic suspense novel let me know because I've read a lot of them but I read them on my phone which is why I don't typically or why I've never done an episode on one but what I like about those is that the major conflict is usually a stalker or like something like that. Someone's trying to attack them. So the romance doesn't usually break up, which is kind of nice. But like I said, it's kind of like a genre specification that like they're going to break up at some point. And but usually it's like always just one person's fault and then they apologize and the other person takes them back or whatever. What I liked about this is that it was like they both were in the wrong. They were both like made mistakes. Eve should have told Jacob like about what was going on with her plans and things like that and Jacob like really pushed her away immediately like didn't really give her a chance to like say that she changed her mind or did any of that or like nothing he was just like threw her away like was ready to walk away and whatever so I appreciated you know that they both apologized and whatever because it just it was different and I enjoyed it a lot so yeah I think what I want to talk about next is just kind of the this book in general and like the series in general so like I said if you've listened to this other episode then you'll know this book series 
Talia Hibbert's writing in this very interesting tone, specifically and especially when she's doing the like the female's perspective, although in this book you kind of get it in both. And I think part of that is that Jacob is autistic. And so because of that, like the way that his, um, di- not, not his dialogue, but his point of view is like when he's narrating the different chapters and stuff like that, it's also like different than a typical like male narrator sort of thing. And that's because it's being filtered through kind of who he is as a person and you kind of like read like yes I can see these aspects that of him that are coming through that have to do with having autism and whatever like that and if I'm saying I read somewhere and I can't remember what it said if you're not supposed to say someone has autism or someone you're either supposed to say someone has autism or someone is autistic I'm leaning towards I think it's the second one so I'm so sorry if what I'm saying is wrong and ignorant and whatever. Please correct me. Please let me know. I, this is another point I wrote down is like, and this is part of like the book series as a whole as well. Like I so love that each of these books is tackling like a really important issue that you never really see represented in books and especially not in romance novels. Like how many romance novels have you heard of where one of the characters is autistic? This is maybe the first, although I've never read the kiss quotient and I can't remember if that is a plot point in that book or not. It might be, but what I just, so like, I really don't know, like, I know a bit about autism, but I don't know, like, a ton about it, and that was one thing I really enjoyed about this book. It's not like, you don't read this book and you're like, oh, now I'm an expert on autism and I know what it looks like in every person, because one of the things the book does well is explain that it looks different in each person. And another plot point about this is that you find out throughout the book that Eve also has autism, although she does not get an official diagnosis. Once um, once Jacob says something about like um, her, like the way she listens to music and sings and like hums all the time and stuff like that, he says might be her stimming basically. And so she does some research and finds out that she thinks that yes, I probably am autistic. And what else is interesting is it shows you like a little bit about like how autism looks very different in women than in men. And so it's a lot harder. Typically, like a lot of women go undiagnosed and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just thought that was very interesting. And another interesting point along those lines is that Eve then says to Jacob, like at the end of the book, when she like Jacob's like thinking maybe he wants to bring that up again, but he doesn't want to like say anything to her like, I think you are also autistic because, you know, that I don't, he's like, I don't know if that's my place, but Eve is basically like, I feel like my whole family might be. And it's so interesting. Like you've gone through these three books and you've read from the two other sisters perspectives and now you're in Eve's perspective. And if I, I mean, I'm not an expert, as I've already said, I could definitely see it being like a lot more for Chloe than for Danny, but hey, I didn't write these books. I don't, I don't know. So like, that's also an interesting point. That's not really resolved. It's just something that Eve says. But at at the end of the day, you find out that both of the characters have autism. And so that's definitely like one of the things that's so great about this book series is that you're, it's, you're dealing and you're seeing like very interesting things that you don't see a lot in romance like in this one you have autism in the first book you have um fibromyalgia sorry I can't speak I don't know how to say that chronic pain basically and then the second book you've got um 
both like bisexual representation as well as extreme anxiety like and stuff like that and these are not topics that are typically in romance and so it's or in books in general for some of them and so it's like so fun and interesting to see that these like these are like real people and these are the issues they're dealing with and this is also something I talked about in the Danny Brown episode in particular in more depth than I will be in this one but the Brown sisters are all black British women which is something I probably should have said at the beginning because if you don't know anything about this book series then you wouldn't have known that based on my uh plot summary so that was my bad but what's also interesting is that these are all interracial relationships for each of them so Chloe and Danny, no, Chloe and Eve's men are both white and Danny's is, um, Muslim is, where is he from? I can't remember, but he's Muslim. So, which is a religion. So I think he's Middle Eastern, but don't quote me on that because I'm not positive. He also might be Pakistani. I don't know. But basically you have these interracial relationships as well, which I think is great as well, like the representation. And then also like this is something that I talked about in the Danny Brown episode as well. It's just that these are like so joyful. This is something I think I said on the You Should See Me in a Crown episode. I listened to an episode of a podcast. I don't remember what it was called, but it was like looking specifically at two books about black joy. And one of them was Danny Brown. And then the other one was the You Should See Me in a Crown book. And the thing is that like, yes, these characters are black and that there's like slight mes- mentions of racism and stuff like that. But also it's not like the whole book is about like the black struggle. It's just like, look, this is a black woman and she's fallen in love and this is super fun. And I think that we need that because while it's important to have books about the black struggle and about like racism in general for like all races and all ethnicities and stuff like that, it's also so tiring and those books can be so depressing and you need joy sometimes. And so if you're looking for some joy and some diverse romances, I would 100% recommend this series. That really got me off topic. But okay, so like I think out of the three books that this one was the most fun to read for me. And so like, I don't get me wrong, loved Chloe Brown, loved Danny Brown, loved this Eve Brown book. But for some reason, this book was the most fun for me, which is interesting because Eve Brown is the least like me in The Sisters and Jacob's probably the least likely of the three guys that I would date. But like, there was something about this book that was just so fun reading it. And I think part of it is that I'd read the first two books first, which is something I hinted at earlier. And I think that by the time you get to this book, you totally understand the tone that Talia Hibbert is writing in and you're along for the ride and you're here for it. Whereas when I read Chloe Brown the first time, For the first like 50 to 100 pages, I was kind of turned off a little bit because I didn't understand the tone that she was writing in. And I was like, wow, Chloe's kind of like abrasive a little bit. Like this is kind of odd. But then the more you read it, the more you get it. And by the time you get to Eve, you're totally like understanding the tone. You're understanding like the funness of it. And it just makes the book fly in a way that it doesn't when you read the first one because you don't understand what's going on. And I think that's why I would say reading all the books in order really might have been why I enjoyed this book so much. I mean, not why, but like it just built on it because I already like had an understanding of what I was going into and what sort of like tone and things like that I would be reading. And so I don't know, 
I also think this was the most lighthearted, silly, and fun of the three books. And that's not to say that it didn't also deal with serious topics like the first two books did, but I think it has to do with the personality of Eve. Chloe is the serious sister. Danny is serious, although more of like hardworking, dedicated, like married to her work sort of person. And Eve is like the lighthearted, like fun sister. Not that the other two aren't fun, but she's the fun sister. You know what I mean? And so like that personality of hers was carried through the book. And you just see it like in the interaction she's having with Jacob and stuff like that. Like she's just so fun to be around like all these different things. And so yes, you were dealing with serious issues, but this book was such a joy to read. It was so much fun. I was flying through it. Although like I, I just felt like it was how many pages? Like maybe 370. Yeah, it was like 370 pages. So it was like kind of long. And so it did take me a bit of time to read it. But when I was reading it, like I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to pick this back up again. I can't wait to see what happens next. All this different stuff. All the qualities of a really good book. So if you're not understanding this all yet, I love this book. I would totally recommend this book to anybody who's looking to kind of delve into the romance genre. Some people might not like smutty books, which basically means books with sex in them and whatever. And beyond the two scenes that I talked about, it was not, there wasn't that much sex. Like I felt like there was less than maybe in some of the other books. However, the dildo scene was like, I don't, like what? It was shocking because you don't ever expect to see a scene like that in a romance series like this one in particular, maybe in some other ones, but not in a series like this. But um, I don't know. Super fun. Definitely would recommend it. Which one was my favorite of the three? I think like I don't want to put myself in a position like I really liked all of them, but I almost like prefer, I think the first one, uh, Get a Life, Chloe Brown. And I think there's just like something about Chloe Brown that like calls to me that I identify with. And I also like, I do identify with Danny Brown being like super dedicated to her work and super smart and an academic and like all of that stuff. However, like that part of her personality, I, um, aligned with, I identified with is what I'm, the word I'm looking for. However, um, her opinion on relationships and like her stuff like that, I did not, that was not anything like me. And like I said, I'm pretty much nothing like Eve other than maybe like sensitive. So I don't know. There's just something about that. And like Red, Chloe's boyfriend slash at the end of this, like Eve calls Red her brother-in-law or maybe Jacob does. So I don't know if they got married and we just don't know that. It's kind of unclear. There's just something about Red, you know. Anyways, I've never done that uh, book on this podcast because I haven't read it since starting it. But if you guys would be interested in an episode on Chloe Brown, let me know. I would love to do it. So let's talk about my one other thing that I thought was interesting is I'm talking about like tone and stuff and being comparing to the other books is that this book for some reason had way more swearing and Britishness, like British words than the other two. And that could just be like, I could be wrong. It could have been like about the same and I could just be remembering these other books wrong. But like, as I was reading this, I was like, oh my God, they're swearing so much. I don't remember there being a lot of swearing in the other two books. And then there was also like so many words where I was like, that's a British word. I don't know this. Or like, that's some British slang, whatever. 
in a way that like, yes, these books take place, all of them are taking place in Britain, but I didn't remember it being like that for the other ones. So I don't know. Like, it's not that that was like a negative or a drawback. I just wanted to mention that because it was something I noticed. Let's talk about the actual negatives for this book. Um, the main, and you're going to be like, once you hear what my negatives are, then you'll see how much I liked it because they're so stupid and nitpicky. The first thing is that the book opens up with Eve writing in her journal and being like, hello, darling. Sorry, I haven't written in a while. This is what happened at Cecilia's wedding, blah, blah, blah. And it was weird. I didn't enjoy it. And like, I thought maybe it would come full circle and the epilogue would be a journal entry. It wasn't. But at the end, she does look back at her journal entries and the only time she writes in them is like after like she's quit doing something, which helps her like make a realization or whatever and go back to Jacob. But I just thought the journal entry was weird. I didn't like it. I would have preferred the book to start out a little bit different. I mean, it didn't turn me off of the book by any means, but it just like wasn't my preferred like framing device. And the other thing, this is so funny. So Jacob, I said his name was Jacob Wayne. And I wish he had either a different first name or a different last name because Jacob Wayne is too similar to John Wayne. And every time that his last name popped up, all I could think about was John Wayne. And like, see, like, see how stupid that is? But like, I didn't like it. I was like, he can't be a J Wayne. He either needs to be like a different letter Wayne or like Jacob, any other last name ever. So, I know, like, I'm literally laughing at myself, like, that's so dumb, but that was one of the things that bothered me, and so you'll see that if those are my major negatives of this book, then obviously it was a very good book. I would totally recommend it. The other thing is, like, comparing it to the other books, like, the two of them fall in love in only two weeks, and I've talked about this before, that just doesn't, I don't feel like most people fall in love in two weeks. I will say that they spend a lot of time together because they work together and they're living at the same place. However, like, the bulk of this book is taking place in these two weeks, maybe three. So, like, it's very condensed. When when you compare it to the other two books, there's, a like, Danny and Zaf knew each other for six months before they even started, like, fake dating. And then that was probably at least another month. And the same thing with Chloe and Red. They knew each other for at least a month. And then I feel like that book probably took place over a month-ish time. So... Yes, they all fell in love quickly, blah, blah, blah. But this was just like really quick. And I just like wanted to mention that. And then also like a quick mention that Eve's family was a little psychotic when they showed up at the B&B and stole her away and accused Jacob of running a sex cult. Like that was uncalled for. You could have just called her or only one of you could have shown up. Like you didn't need the entire cavalry. You know what I mean? And so... Yeah, that's kind of where I want to end it with this. Obviously, you guys, I don't think I need to say it again, but loved this book. It was super fun. Like, I just like had a good time reading it. You know what I mean? It's just one of those books that you pick up, you have fun with, and you're like happy that you read it, you know? So next week, I'm going to be talking about Arsenic and Adobo by Mia P. Manasala, and that is a mystery novel about a Filipina woman and her family's like Filipino restaurant and um, her ex-boyfriend dies while eating food there and she is the main suspect in the murder. And this is very, very, it's like more of a cozy mystery instead of like an intense one. And I'll talk about that more later on. I've only got a hundred pages left 
and I'm really enjoying it. I think it's super good so far. So you can look forward to that next week. So let's do my little outro. Make sure that you rate and subscribe and like and do whatever the heck to my podcast. Uh, it really helps me out and helps other people find it and become higher on the search ter- list and terms and whatever. So I'd really appreciate it if you can do all of those things and whatever. Also, go check out my Instagram at I read a book once blog. You can DM me to let me know your thoughts and opinions on this episode or this book. I would love to hear them. What did you think of this series? Are you also sad that it's over? I would definitely check out Talia Hibbert's next series or other books by her. I'll be on the lookout for them because I just love this so much. Um, also, you could email me your thoughts, opinions, recommendations, whatever to I read a book once blog at gmail.com or you can check out my website. I never update. I read a book once blog.com. So I'm going to end it there and I'll catch you guys next time.